Hi all. Um, I am really proud to introduce this woman to you. Her name is Rhonda D'Ambrosio and she has 23 years experience in the recruitment industry. Um, and due to something that happened to her um, in her lifetime, within the last 10 years, you'll hear it on the podcast, um, she really garnered an interest in the mental health issues that are affecting people within the recruitment industry. And we only spoke for the first time last night and she is through her not-for-profit at mentalhealthandrecruitment.org she is conducting a global survey of recruiters um, in relation to mental health issues and the closing date is october 1st so i wanted to push it out um, and here she talks about i suppose her mission to change the way we talk about mental health to encourage leaders to move from awareness to action and most importantly how we can all help improve each other's lives i hope you enjoy it I am so happy to introduce you to this phenomenal woman and um, she has worked in the recruitment industry for over 23 years. She is an advocate for mental health support in the recruitment workplace since 2013. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself and give you a little bit of background. Her name is Rhonda D'Ambrosio. Beautifully said. <laughs> Beautifully said, like I Siobhan. I should use my fingers like that. <laughs> well, as I said, we don't even do that. But uh, thank you so much for having me on. So um, it's so nice to meet you as well. I can't believe I we know. haven't spoken before. I know. Yesterday was our first time. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's funny, isn't it? You say 23 years in the industry and you think you know the majority of people, but, but it's such a vast industry. So with big. so big people yeah that, and it changes so much like it's quite transient yeah yeah which is absolutely. probably the reason <laughs> that you had to set up your um your whole organization tell people but, a little bit about what you do okay so uh yes i'm Rhonda. i've been in the recruitment industry for over 23 years um i uh, run my own business i set up my own recruitment organization in 2007 um I've, I've run other people's businesses i've worked for small recruitment companies large recruitment companies and in 2013 i diversified my business to do more around supporting people's quality of thinking and that came about because of um, a personal situation my mum as i mentioned to you got diagnosed with yeah. motor neurons disease disease and my mum had a very aggressive form of the disease and it very sadly after diagnosis a few months later she was terminal and then another two months after that we lost her yeah. and it was um my mum it was the way in which my mum dealt with the disease and the way in which she um outwardly responded and chose to enjoy as much as she could yeah. those last months of her life that piqued my interest in you know how our quality of thinking can really influence our own mental health and well-being yeah so um yeah i, I guess yeah, cut, cut back to then i did some retraining, restudied, and started working um, with recruitment business owners and um, leaders because that's what I'd known for so many years yeah. on how to improve discretionary effort in the workplace. You know, for me, it's very simple. If your people are happier, they're going to work harder, they're going to give you more. And if you invest in that, it's going to impact the bottom line. There is a business case for it. So I, um, I, a very good friend of mine, I, I'd worked with many, many years before. I, I kind of said to him, let me tell you about these, these frameworks that I've developed and what I'm doing. And he said, oh, let me tell you about my business that I've set up. And uh, he'd created a, a remote 
virtual recruitment organization, which back in 2015-16 was like a, a big deal. You know, we're all yeah. really used to a it unicorn. at the moment. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I said to him, you, you kind of need, you know, you need somebody to help your guys reframe because they're used to, these are experienced recruiters. You, you were targeting individuals that had more than 10 years experience. And you know they were used to working in this competitive environment on a traditional sales floor and we talked about the fact that if you then move people into the four walls of their own home and remove that ability to go out and reframe when you've had a bit of an argument with your spouse or you know the kids are driving you mad it it creates a very different kind of um you know working environment so um, he got me in. We worked very closely on supporting the team. Uh, I, I got to play around with my frameworks and test them out. Yeah. And, I, you know, he paid me a day and I gave him two. He was a massive champion for what I believed in and what I was doing with regard to well-being and mental health in the industry, which was why it was a huge shock to many, many of us when he took his own life um, in 2017. And for me, you know, that brought home the fact that our industry is very, very susceptible to, um, you know, these kind of struggles. Men's mental yeah. health is a topic in its own right, as I imagine you've covered. Yeah. And the fact that there is, there be, is yeah. there's bravado in recruitment. There's yeah. ego. You know, we are, we have top billers. We, we talk about the success that's, that's happening and all around us. And the fact that we're this massively resilient workforce and, you know, we can get over anything. And the reality from the conversations I was having is that that wasn't the case. People were struggling, even successful leaders, successful billers were struggling because, you know, like physical health, we all have mental health. So, Mental health in recruitment as an initiative and as an organization is a culmination, I guess, of seven years work for me. It's not something that's just popped up because of COVID. It's not a buzzword. No, I've been talking about this for so long. And in fact, my, uh, my first, my first Instagram post for mental health and recruitment was mental health is for life, not just coronavirus. Now, absolutely. The pandemic is exacerbating how so many of us feel, but this is, this has been there for a very long time and it will continue yeah. to be there yeah so the idea for mental health and recruitment is that you know we want to drive change in the industry and what i mean by that is we want to drive change to the understanding of what mental health actually means because there's so much stigma there's so much discrimination we don't normalize it when we talk or think about mental health so many people still do that with that clinical view of oh mental health lock them up in a hospital all yeah. oh, your mental you know you're crazy all of the things that we know aren't the reality yeah well there's the so many that, different faces to mental health you know there's yes. so many different sides of it that of course there are and, and 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 yes we know that there are individuals that will have a diagnosed mental health disorder the more serious things such as borderline personality disorder bipolar yeah Common mental health disorders such as stress, anxiety, and depression, they, they impact all of us. And, you know, there's been some brilliant research done from um, Farmer and Stevenson's Thriving at Work report. But to some degree, the way in which that information and that data has been presented is quite damaging because we talk about the one in four. And, and you know, I, I, I've talked about this so many times in the last few months. I genuinely worked with somebody in recruitment who said to me, well, when we hire people, we've just got to find the other three. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't work like that. Because this week, something might be happening in my life and maybe I'm going to be stressed. Next week, something might be happening in your life, Siobhan, and you might be feeling anxious. And as an employer, 
you have a duty of care. You have a legal duty of care under the health and safety executive, you know, to make sure that you're looking after people. And so many individuals and organizations aren't aware of that. They're not aware of things like, um, you know, stress-related risk assessment. So, you know, mental health and recruitment was right. We're going to do this. We're going to try and educate the industry. We're going to drive that understanding. We're going to, you know, normalize the conversations. And actually, what we're also going to do is give recruiters themselves and the employees a voice and a space. And then we got to thinking, because we only really launched what, just almost 12 weeks ago. Yeah. We got to thinking, well, how... How one can we convince the industry that this is something that needs addressing? Yeah. And two, how can we measure the impacts that we're going to have? And I'd looked around for data. I'd seen, um, you know, there were some things out there that had been done in the industry. But the, the, what I kept coming back to was that the data sets were really minimal. There wasn't any quantifiable data. There's a few things out there that have said, oh, we spoke to some recruiters and 30% said this and 70% said that. But I didn't understand what the data set was. And every time I asked somebody else to review the same information, we kept coming back to, you know, who's been, who's been surveyed, you know, what geographies. So the idea was that we go out to market and we try to um, really understand in three parts, what mental health means to the industry and not just to the business leaders and directors that you know you could sell to that's the other reason you see these surveys pop up they i call them sales surveys we're going to canvas all this information and then we're going to sell you back a product mental health and recruitment are not for profit we're not commercializing our survey we really want to understand the perception of mental health in our industry the operational management support available for mental health in our industry and the personal experiences of the people in the industry. And we want to do that based on whether they're business owners or directors, whether they're uh, sales staff or whether they're yeah. ops and back. I actually so, did your, um, I did your survey last night. Uh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, ha- I was having a look at the website. So it was, I saw that you have a blog and then you also have your podcasts. Yes. As well. Um, it's full on. Like it's quite, like I, I had goosebumps like it was emotional listening to some of the of the stories even now like talking to you because I had mentioned to you yesterday and I, I had said like on podcasts before that I went and saw a therapist um over COVID and it was due to like you know burnout and things like that which look I know mm. every industry gets them but I suppose in recruitment people don't really talk about it because sometimes it's like the wolves of wall street mentality you know that like <laughs> You know, always be closing and the salesperson and it's flashy and, you know, you don't want to show signs of weakness and things like that. Like, are you coming across that more and more? Um, I have to say there are some organizations and individuals out there that do some brilliant work. You know, the whole industry, um, you you couldn't say that we're, as a rule, we're terrible. I wouldn't want to generalize, Mm -mm. but you're right. More often than not, and if I'm looking at the, if you recall at the bottom of the survey, there's two, there's there's a couple of uh, spaces where you can put a free text answer about your views. And the comments that I'm reading, you know, they're blowing me away. You know, the feedback that is coming in, I'm, I'm sat here reading it thinking, does this still happen you know yeah. i mean I, I i the industry kind of had a reputation for yeah like the wolf of wall street mentality um yeah uh, probably late phone. 80s 90s yeah and but i kind of um had thought we we definitely evolved to a yeah. different but reading this stuff and seeing what's coming in it's frightening 
And yeah. um, there is a theme. There is definitely a theme around, you know, why people, why recruiters in the in the um, industry feel that mental health is an issue. And um, I can't wait to get that analysis to market and, and talk about it. Because, you know, the idea of talking to the leaders and talking to the staff is to almost show that disparity. And to give you an example, you know, uh, in the region of 80% of leaders so far uh, are saying that they have mental health as a board level topic. Yeah. Um, but say 70, that again, sorry, 18%? So, no, 80, 80. 80. So, so 80, 80% of leaders so far are saying that they've got mental health as a board level um, topic. However, when you start going down into the, the rest of the questions and you look at what's coming back, 70% of those leaders that are filling it out are saying, we don't have a mental health first data. Um, I think we're at 60% are saying so far that um, they don't have a robust plan in place regarding yeah. mental health. And there's a figure, I'm not quite sure on it, but one of the questions is, you know, who's responsible? Are you having regular conversations? And the, the, the leading group in that answer is the team leaders and managers are responsible for checking in on the wealth, well-being and mental health of employees. Yet the data is saying that they're not training these no. Uh, anyway, it's going to make they have their really, own really issues as well. Like I don't want to be too. I mean, and I know that this is more to solve the problem as opposed to using it as a stick to beat agencies or leaders with. Because I do believe you know the whole Maya Angelou quote: "When you know better, you do better." Yeah. I mean, like, I had never heard of a mental health first aider. Like, what would yeah. they do? What's their so oh. mental health first aider is almost a, is like a, a first point of contact, just like you would have in a, um, you know, uh, the, the health and safety um, side yeah. of first aid, where if you, you know, you bang your head, have an accident, you have a first aider on the scene. Now, it's slightly different with mental health first aid because you're not necessarily no one's going to potentially come to you with a bright with a bright you know light and say oh I've had an incident and my mental health yeah. has been damaged that's where it's different and the training focuses on being able to understand what some of the um you know what, what some of the warning signs look like and be able to have the conversation so if you look at kind of the the mental health first aid England framework you know one yeah. of the first things is about being able to approach to have the conversation so it's slightly different but it's basically having people in the business that know how to drive those conversations with individuals that might be struggling and then know where to signpost them to get help and um one of the recurring themes that i've seen in the last probably 12 to 24 months is that a lot of individual a lot of businesses use very empathetic people as their mental health first aiders and um, I think there's a there's a conversation there because the most empathetic of people are very, very caring, but not everyone's trained to put boundaries up. You know, if yeah. you feel if you're a kind person, if you are empathetic, you know, you are like you said, you listen, you feel you get emotional yeah. and you, you take it on board. though. Yeah. And and are instinctively in our nature, we want to fix the problem and that you can't do that with people. You wouldn't no. do it if somebody came to you and said, I've broken my arm. You wouldn't go, hold on a minute. I'm going to set that <laughs> for you. You know, it's the same principle. You've got to know where to signpost. And, you know, I, I spoke to a company a few months ago. We, we did a webinar and one of the leaders said to, to, to me, you know, our mental health first aider, she's brilliant, but, you know, she's so inundated supporting people that we've moved her to a four day week because she has to decompress. Now, that's a flag for me, a flag yeah. to say that, you know, potentially that's not the right person um, 
in that role or maybe no. that individual needs some additional training on how to set healthy boundaries when having these conversations so it's a huge topic huge topic yeah. so what would you like what's the aim like what do you want to get because we're going to share the link to um your website and we're going to share the link to the survey so it's 100 percent um anonymous is yes. that right absolutely um, and how many questions are in it? I can't remember. I did it myself. There's oh, crikey. Like... It depends on what your role is. So um, it's a really, really great piece of kit. Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with Typeform, and it enables us to do logic jumps. So the questions typically are multiple choice. It shouldn't take you any more than five minutes. I think, yeah, it was um, quick. Yeah, it's quite quick. They do. It's so intuitive. There's more than 20 questions, but it's very, very fast, very quick, gives you different options. And, you know, I, I'm maybe um we haven't covered everything I, I hope we've covered as much as we as we can it seemed um, pretty in depth though to be honest it seemed pretty in depth do you know i have to say going back to the point you made about um people not knowing that there's a problem or being able to work on it once they know the feed the individual feedback that we've received and i've had so many emails and i have to i have to dedicate time at the weekend to try and go back through them the um, resounding feedback that i'm getting from people once they've completed it is this has really made me think i thought yeah. we we did some good stuff with our staff yeah it's made me realize we don't do very much at all well i think I'm looking, I, I know that like you're based in the UK, so I think it's different. I know some companies here have like, you know, the employee assistance program yeah. um, and things like that. And I mean, I, I used it. I used it when I was reaching out to um, the therapist back in June, but I had to go find the number. Do you know the kind of way it was like, and then it's like, well, what? I don't really know what's wrong with me. You know, there yeah. was, but I, I think to be fair, it was COVID. So it wasn't as though I was in the office, you know, so I suppose there's like, it just seems to be a minefield because people, some agencies, and I know in Ireland, like they are, their intention is good, yeah. you know, but as I said, I haven't heard of so many of the things that you're talking about. And you had mentioned there that there was a couple of like warning signs or triggers that you can watch out for. Um, can you give us an example of what some of those are, even though that we may be able to recognize them in ourselves? Well, do you know what? Oh, God, this is, this is a topic in itself. Um... <laughs> They're excited about it. <laughs> they want to get involved. Every time I do a live, they're... Uh, really? Yeah. I'm starting to think LinkedIn knows my dogs more than they know me. <laughs> Sorry, do you want me to pick that up from to answer the question? Yeah, just go ahead, because yeah. my question was clear. Super stuff. So, um, it's a topic in itself. It's a topic in itself, because... Um, there's so many different angles that you can you can look at it from the, the struggle that we've got at the moment and the challenge for, I think, recruitment business owners and leaders is that we're going back to this remote working or some people haven't. They're still doing the remote working. Mm. So the fact that you're on a screen in front of somebody, you miss the warning signs. Um, if you're looking at a team, it's the little changes in behavior. It's the fact that communications may change in a different way, that people may miss deadlines, that people may not show up, that they may not be um, as present, they may not be as engaging. And it's how they may be interacting with the people around them. So, you know, you've really got to understand and your, your team and really know the people that are working for you. And I think when we talk about um, 
I'm all about prevention rather than reacting. So for me, it's all about having a very robust management framework in place and really understanding the drivers and motivators of your people. It has to be more than hitting guys with a stick when they're not doing the job right. It has to be understanding how to get the best out of people. So there's all all sorts of things because somebody, somebody could be snappy, you know, decide that they want to send emails when they're dealing with stuff as opposed to having those face-to-face meetings. They could be setting more on if it's, if it's, if it's almost somebody with their own team, but they work for you, they could be making unreasonable demands of the team below them because of the stress that they're feeling. But the the danger with any kind of mental health is that it's all happening beneath the surface. Yeah. And um, so the prevention, the preventative piece has to come into play about well, what is it you're doing? Are you encouraging an environment of psychological safety where people can be themselves, where they come and talk to you? Yeah. Invariably, people don't know how to have the conversations. Leaders and managers don't know how to, you know, if somebody approached them and said, I'm really struggling, I feel very stressed. They're not equipped to be able to support in the right way. And it all no. of a sudden becomes a performance issue. Um, there's also the physiological aspects of stress and the fact that, you know, I, I get cold sores. That's my, um, if I, if I get a cold sore, that's my body's way of telling me pay attention because yeah. mentally I'll just keep going. I can, I've, I've got very, I've got strong mental agility and I've got good quality of thinking, but that can be very damaging for me sometimes because I don't, I think I'm all right. And yeah, then you don't know when to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Mine is my weight. I lose weight. Like my whole digestive system shuts down i can't eat wow no because my body is just like even i think over covid i lost weight two and a half stone wow yeah it's frightening right it Um, is yeah because then your energy levels are down and then you're panicking and your mind is racing because like you're almost like shaking do you know the kind of way all the time you're in that fight or flight totally and that's a really good point because you've sort of said what can people look out for and i'm giving you some of the um, you know, the behavior changes, they get more sharp, their communication isn't as good, there may be more short-term persistent absences, but there's also the other side of the coin where you see a version of somebody, you see this highly energized, right, let's do this, you see this, yeah, right, and to the outside world, they're like, wow, look at Siobhan, she's, look at her go, she's a rock. She's doing this, 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 yeah, and then you're you're crumbling, you know. Yes, yeah so i think that's a really important one to check in with people if there is a change in what you see as their expect you know what you've come to know as their expected behavior um but it's a big i think this is this is where the survey comes into play we want people to do it we want people to share it as a almost um when when we when we launched mental health in a group recruitment we said we were launching with a few different things and one of them was our awareness to action pledge so not too dissimilar to the time to change movement where employers would sign up and say we care about this and we're going to put a plan in place and we're going to look after our people this is about something specific for the industry and the survey results are going to be great because the idea of the awareness to action pledge is that recruitment business owners um, and, and businesses would put their hands up and say We want to be part of this change and we are publicly committing to um, supporting our our teams, getting it right, doing something different. And with that, we give them a roadmap. We give them a really simple roadmap that says these are the basic things that we are recommending that you do. But we're giving them the direction. Now, I was working on this prior to the mental health and recruitment launch. And I've had like I've had version one, version two, version three. The idea for me was to simplify it, simplify it from um, 
the time to change one, the, what mine do, all of the core standards from the Thriving at Work report. And what we've, what we've realized is by getting the information from the survey, not only we, can we um, get the awareness to action and um, pledge to market with some research behind it, but we can tailor the roadmap and say, well, actually, this is what the industry is telling us um, they're struggling with the most. This is what they're not doing. And we can give some advice and a roadmap based on tangible data. So I think that's why it's so important. And it is, a, it is a, I know it's very ambitious. We're, we're global. We Nothing are, wrong with that. We, no, absolutely. We've got a very good presence in Australia. Um, you know, we'd, we'd love more responses from all of the different geographies, but nobody's done anything like this before. And, um, you know, we know it's going to take time, but we've got to start somewhere. And some yeah. data is better than no data. Although I have to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm really overwhelmed by the response that we've had so far. We, well, hopefully we... this will help because, I mean, I know I'm dueled it and everything's going to push it out. And he knows, like, so many recruiters. And I know some of the owners, you know, of the agencies and things in Australia. Yes. So we'll definitely send it on to them. And I think that if we can emphasize the point that this isn't to browbeat the agency owners or the leadership team, because sometimes like, I'm like, I used to feel so sorry for them because the pressure coming from the top to constantly perform and then to manage and mentor, like it's very difficult. It Absolutely. is very difficult. And, and you're, you know, you're right. It's, it's there to support them because the feedback is that they kind of, um, I don't want to say they don't know what to do, but it's yeah. if you if you look at all the priorities of the business and the fact that with some with, with the pandemic and with the pressures that, that we're all under, um, of course they need to stay in business, they need to yeah. make money. That's their priority piece. This is about supporting them and making it easy for them to help their people. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially when you've got the, I like to say the SMEs, the small to medium sized businesses that might be outsourcing their HR, that might be yeah. outsourcing to an employee assistance program. You know, actually get this in, look after yourselves as well. Let us help you do it. And, you know, the, the, the stats that are coming in around the leadership and, and the leaders, uh, yeah. Well, we've asked the yeah, question. Yeah. yeah, we've asked yeah. the question. Have you, as a business owner or leader, um, suffered with a, a mental, a common mental health disorder such as stress, anxiety, and depression in the workplace? And the figure right now is shocking. And that's yeah. what we need to get out to tell people they're not alone. It's not no. if they are feeling under pressure and they're running a business, they are not alone. This is yeah. yeah. Well, I had said to you, Rhonda, yesterday when we were having our first chat that my biggest fear when all this was happening was what will people think? Um, yeah. And my week, one, I remember thinking, am I losing my mind at one stage? Do you know? And obviously the therapist like was such a big help. But once I start speaking about that in the LinkedIn videos, you give permission to other people to talk about it, you know? Yeah. And I think it's only by doing the things that you're doing, which is amazing for the industry, like, that it takes the stigma away from it a little bit. Yeah. Because like, Absolutely. yeah, you just don't feel like you're on your own anymore. No. And that's why the podcast, our podcast exists probably in the same way your podcast exists, yeah. you know, by sharing those stories and um, showing that there are leaders, top billers, you know, yeah. all manner of people in the industry doing all manner of jobs that have faced or are fighting their own battle. Yeah. It humanizes it. It does that exactly. And the, the oh, wow, 
oh God, okay, that's inspired me to talk about that. And that's going to inspire me to talk about this in the workplace. The yeah. storytelling is so important. We're, tr- we're tribal. We're human beings. That's how we bond. Yeah. We tell the connection. Yeah. 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 Well, look, it was so, so lovely having you on. And thank you for doing it so like short notice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, come on you. in the morning. Oh, no, no, you're so welcome. Because we got a deadline on the survey, you know, it, it's like any route to market, please help us, you know. And yeah. I think, you know, as I'm saying, we're, we're giving a lot of this stuff away. The Awareness to Action Pledge is like, just sign up for it. We want to support you. So, um, you know, I, 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 so many people, of course, have said that, oh, you know, you could commercialise this. That's not what we're looking to do no. right now. You know, for us, it's about doing the right thing for the industry and driving the change and making a difference. So thank you for having me, Short Notice. You are so welcome. And it comes across like really keep doing what you're doing. Um, and I will put the links to everything. Please do the survey. The closing date is the 7th. Is that right? It's the 1st of October. The 1st the first yes, of October. So, I'll write it down. Yeah. The 1st of October. <laughs> um, and a big thank you to Rhonda. Thank you so much.